श्रीमाते भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी नामने नमस्ते सरस्वती देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारणे निर्विशेषा शून्यवादी भास्तियाचारणे For the benefit of those on the internet, we have 13 devotees from around the world. We are today here in what is called Govinda Kunj, home of Lilavati Dwarkadish, Nihar Janavi, and Rupal Parak. This family is under the guidance and blessings of His Holiness Bhakti Chiru Swami Maharaj, and this is our monthly. Chaitanya Charitamrita class. So let us begin. For the last six years, Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Bolo. Jaya Dwaita Chandra, Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vrinda. जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद जय द्वैत चंद्र जय गौर भक्त वृंद जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद जय अद्वैत चंद्र जय गौर भक्त वृंदाइन ग्रेस A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Oh, okay. That's all right. It's okay. Let's begin with the chapter summary. Srila Bhaktivedanta Thakur gives the following summary of the seventeenth chapter in his Amrita Pravaha Bhashya. absorbed in transcendental ecstasy sri chaitanya mahaprabhu went out one night without opening the doors to his room after crossing over three walls he fell down among some cows belonging to the district of tailanga there he remained unconscious assuming the aspect of a tortoise That's right. Very good. As usual, Krishna Das Kaviraj begins each chapter with a Sanskrit verse which summarizes the chapter. Let's chant together. Likite shila gorendor atyad bhutam alaukikam yaya drishtantam mukachtutva. Divyon mada vicheshtam. I am simply trying to write about Lord Gorachandra's transcendental activities and spiritual madness, which are very wonderful and uncommon. I dare to write of them only because I have heard from the mouths of those who have personally seen the Lord's activities. There, Krishna Das Kaviraj's. pointing out the benefit of parampara that we don't necessarily need direct experience as soon as or as long as we have the association of a bona fide authority then all transcendental access is there let us begin jaya jaya sri chaitanya jaya nityananda jaya advaita chandra jaya gorabhakta vrinda All glories to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All glories to Lord Nityananda. All glories to Advaita Chandra, and all glories to all the devotees of the Lord. Absorbed in ecstasy, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu acted and talked like a madman, day and night, in the company of Swarup Damodar Goswami and Ramananda Roy. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
once passed half the night talking about the pastimes of Lord Krishna Rupal. If Lord Chaitanya is actually Krishna, Sarup Damodar is actually who? Ah. And Ramananda Roy is who? Ah, very good. Thank you very much. As they talked of Krishna, Sarup Damodar Goswami would sing songs exactly suitable for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's transcendental emotions. In an earlier purport, Prabhupada mentioned how Sarup Damodar was expert in the science of Vedic music. So it is befitting that he would be the one to sing songs. Text number six. To complement the ecstasy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Ramananda Roy would quote verses from the books of Vidyapati and Chandidas, and especially from Gita Govinda by Jayadev Goswami Rupal. What is the introduction to Gita Govinda called? No, the introduction is Dashavatar Stotram. Keshavadrita, etc. That's his introduction. Because the, the Lord has many incarnations. But as pointed out in the Srimad Bhagavatam, whose incarnations? Krishna's. Keshava. And Keshava means Krishna. So that's why each verse, Keshavadrita, Keshava. All right? Well, Dashavatar includes that prayer that we get that's taken from his introduction to the Gita Govinda. Dashavatar Stotra. All right, let's continue. Text number seven. At intervals, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would also recite a verse. Then in great lamentation, he would explain it. In this way, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu passed half the night experiencing varieties of emotions. Finally, after making the Lord lie down on his bed, Sarup Damodar and Ramananda Roy returned to their homes. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's personal servant, Govinda, laid down at the door of his room, and the Lord very loudly chanted the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, all night. So, significant here, two things. Notice, Lord Chaitanya loudly chanted, and what was he chanting? The Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. So, we're chanting Hare Krishna, following in the footsteps of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, we're not doing any, Prabhupada did not concoct something. Again, our whole movement is parampara. Now, as one story, there was a servant of Prabhupada, Harikesh Das. And when he was in Vrindavan, he told me the story. He was also guarding Prabhupada at night. But on this particular night, Harikesh Das came down with a strong fever. Prabhupada got up from his bed and put a blanket on his servant, took care of his servant. Yes, that was a symptom of Prabhupada. He took care of his disciples. This story, Harikesh Das told me personally, that story. All right, suddenly, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard the vibration of Krishna's flute. Wow. Then in ecstasy, he began to depart to see Lord Krishna. Text 11. All three doors were fastened as usual. But Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in great ecstasy, nevertheless got out of the room and left the house. He went to a cow shed on the southern side of the Singadwar. There the Lord fell down unconscious among cows from the district of Tailanga. Meanwhile, not hearing any sounds from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because what was he doing before that? Yeah, he was chanting loudly. 
loudly. So at some point, they, hey, what's going on? There's no, something's wrong. Govinda immediately sent for Sarup Damodar and opened the doors. Then Sarup Damodar Goswami lit a torch and went out with all the devotees to search for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. After searching here and there, they finally came to the cowshed near the Singhadwar. There they saw Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu lying unconscious among the cows. His arms and legs had entered the trunk of his body exactly like those, those of a tortoise. His mouth was foaming, there were eruptions on his body, and tears flowed from his eyes. So, Rupal, you're my, you're my student today. All the questions are for you. So, what is, this, what is Lord Chaitanya experiencing here in this? Excellent. Ecstatic symptoms of love of God. As the Lord lay there unconscious, his body resembled a large pumpkin. Externally, he was completely inert, but within, he felt overwhelming, transcendental bliss. All the cows around the Lord were sniffing his transcendental body. When the devotees tried to check them, they refused to give up their association with the transcendental body of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What does that tell you, Rupal? What does that tell you? This verse number 18, what does it tell you? What do you glean from this? Why? Why? Yes. He's the Supreme Personality. As it says here, transcendental body. So the cows, they can sense something here. Not ordinary. This is not ordinary. The... They might, oh, that's right, very good, Jai Krishna Das. They also may be great devotees. Yes. The devotees tried to rouse the Lord by various means, but his consciousness did not return. Therefore, they all lifted him and brought him back home. All the devotees began to chant the Hare Krishna mantra very loudly in the Lord's ears. And after a considerable time, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu regained consciousness. Consciousness means external, external. When he regained consciousness, his arms and legs came out of his body and his whole body returned to normal. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stood up and then sat down again, looking here and there. He inquired from Sarup Damodar, where have you brought me? After hearing the vibration of a flute, I went to Vrindavan, and there I saw that Krishna, the son of Maharaj Nanda, was playing on his flute in the pasturing grounds. He brought Srimati Radharani to a bower by signaling with his flute. Then he returned within that bower to perform pastimes with her. So... This indicates that in the transcendental world, Radha and Krishna's pastimes are going on all the time, daily, eight times a day. They have eight, yes, they have eight daily pastimes where they're meeting, not just the Rasadevs. No, in the spiritual world, eight times a day, they're having different kinds of of loving pastimes. That's Krishna Loka. I entered the bower just behind Krishna, my ears captivated by the sound of his ornaments. I saw Krishna and the gopis enjoying all kinds of pastimes while laughing and joking together. Rupa, what is the significance of Krishna and the gopis, what is the significance there? Why isn't it just Krishna and Radha? Why are the gopis there? Because the gopis are always there to play together and they just want to play and to sing together. And so Krishna has all these gopis and they're always there 
Yes, as Prabhupada writes, the gopis make the pastimes more complete, more full, more exuberant. Not just Radha and Krishna, but with many consorts. This is explained by Krishna Das Kaviraj in chapter 4 of the Adi Leela. This makes it more special. Okay, hearing the, their vocal expressions enhanced the joy of my ears. Just then, all of you made a tumultuous sound and brought me back here by force. Because you brought me back here, I could no longer hear the nectarian voices of Krishna and the gopis, nor could I hear the sounds of their ornaments or the flute. In great ecstasy, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said to Swarup Damodar in a faltering voice, My ears are dying of thirst. Please recite something to quench this thirst. Let me hear it. So this reminds me of the third verse of Bhagavatam, Bibhata, that you drink the nectar of Bhagavatam through your ears. In other words, even from the beginning, you're getting some experience of transcendental senses. Normally we drink nectar through the mouth. But Bhagavatam is also drunk but with the ears. So you're getting a glimpse of transcendental senses. Let us continue. Understanding the ecstatic emotions of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Swarup Damodar, in a sweet voice, recited the following verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. Let us read this verse together. Kastrangate kala padamrata venu gita samohitarya charitan nachalet trilokyam trilokya saubhagam idang cha nariksha rupam yadgodvijadruma mriga pulakanya bibran. The gopis said, My dear Lord Krishna, where is that woman within the three worlds? who would not be captivated by the rhythms of the sweet songs coming from your wonderful flute? Who would not fall down from the path of chastity in this way? Your beauty is the most sublime within the three worlds. Upon seeing your beauty, even cows, birds, animals, and trees in the forest are stunned in jubilation. Now, the, this the purport. This verse is from Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th Canto, chapter 29. In other words, in the Bhagavatam, there's five chapters which deal with Rasa Lila. This is the first. Tw chapter 29 is the first of the five chapters. So we recall, according to Bhagavatam or Krishna book, after Krishna played the flute, all the gopis ran, right? But then Krishna played with them and said, what are you doing here? And Krishna basically told them, okay, you've seen the beauty of the forest. Now you should go back. Your husbands are waiting for you, your sons. But the gopis said, wait a second. You have called us here. You know, and so the gopis had some discussion with Krishna because Krishna was telling them to go home. So this is one of the verses the gopis used to convince Krishna, nah, uh, uh, let's get going. Let's start this rasa dance. And they did convince Krishna, even though he told them. So this is one of the arguments here, that what woman could refuse you? This is not possible. No woman can refuse Krishna. It's impossible. He's all attractive. All right, text number 32. Upon hearing this verse, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, overwhelmed with the ecstasy of the gopis, began to explain it. So let's see the purport. Purport by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's what's so nice about Chaitanya Charitamrita. You get Mahaprabhu purport. 
Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, The gopis entered the arena of the rasa dance in ecstasy. But after hearing Krishna's words of negligence and detachment, they understood he was going to renounce them. Thus they began to chastise him in anger. Yes, detachment. Krishna was acting like, you know, I don't need you guys. I'm not interested in you. All right. No, no, this is, be no, no, this is, and not during the dance. This is before when he told them, all right, you've seen the forest now. You can go home now in the initial. Okay. Oh, dear lover, they said, please answer just one question. Who among all the youthful women within this universe is not attracted by the sound of your flute? When you play your flute, the vibration acts like a messenger in the form of a yogini, perfect in the art of chanting mantras. This messenger <coughs> enchants all the women in the universe and attracts them to you. Then... She increases their great anxiety and induces them to give up the regulative principle of obeying superiors. Finally, she forcibly brings them to you to surrender in amorous love. So amorous conjugal relationship. The vibration of your flute accompanied by your glance which pierces us forcefully, forcibly with the arrows of lust, induces us to ignore the regulative principles of religious life. Rupa, what kind of lust is this? Ah, transcendental lust. In the, huh? Not the mundane lust. In chapter 4, again, of Adi Lila, Krishnadas Kaviraj explains this. That there's iron and gold. Which lust is this? Gold. And you know probably how much gold is now. Thousand dollars an ounce, something like that? Fifteen hundred. Iron? A few dollars maybe? Certainly not anywhere near fifteen hundred. Nobody is buying, you know, iron coins. No. So that is the difference between lust and love. Thus we become excited by lusty desires and come to you, giving up all shame and fear. But now you are angry with us. You are finding fault with our violating religious principles and leaving our homes and husbands. And as you instruct us about religious principles, we become helpless. Yes, Krishna was... Telling them, no, you have children, you have husbands, what are you doing here? So Krishna was speaking on the platform that would be applicable to all other women except the gopis. Yes, when Krishna was speaking like that, that's for all women. That, and later on in the Rasa dance, Krishna points out, the highest religious principle for a woman, obey the husband, take care of the children. Highest religious principle for a woman, Krishna says, later on in this whole five chapters of Rasa dance. Let us continue. Well, it would depend. I'd have to read because in the Vedas, when two instructions are given, the second one takes pri priority. So I'd have to look at the, what did Krishna say first? Did Krishna say first, take care of the children? Or did he say first, obey the husband? So we'll have to see. Okay? If I'm taking your question seriously, I'd have to see what did he say first. All right, let's continue. Text number 37. We know that this is a... This is all a well-planned trick. You know how to make jokes that cause the complete annihilation of women. But we can understand that your real mind, words, and behavior are different. Therefore, please give up all these clever tricks. In other words, the gopis actually know 
how to please Krishna. They actually know the real intention. They can see through what is called a facade. What Krishna is saying here to the gopis is like a pretense. And the gopis can, you know, we know who you are, Krishna. We know exactly what they're, like a test, like a trick. Text 38. The nectarian buttermilk of your flute's vibration, according to the Ayurveda, buttermilk is the best. Most healthy is, uh, what do you call? Chas. Chas, yes. Yes. No good. Yes. The nectarian... All right. Yes. Yes. That's why you are so healthy and powerful. That's why you are digvijay. The nectarian buttermilk of your flute's vibration. The nectar of your sweet words. Rupal, if somebody wants Krishna's sweet words, what book should they read? What book in particular? Kamlesh Patel. Oh, Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad, Krishna's words, right? All right. And the nectarian sound of your ornaments mixed together to attract our ears, minds, and lives. In this way, you are killing us. That's also in the Gopi Geet. They use that same concept. You're killing us. The way, because Krishna left in the middle of the Rasa dance. So when the gopis were praying for him to come back, I think there's at least two times they say, isn't this murder what you've done? You're killing us by this. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spoke these words in a mood of anger as he floated on waves of ecstatic love. Merged in an ocean of anxiety, he recited a verse spoken by Srimati Radharani, expressing the same emotion. Janavi, why would Lord Chaitanya quote a verse spoken by Srimati Radharani? Why do you think? Yes, you do. You know. Take a guess. Rupal. Because he's saying that he's, what am I going to say? That spoke in a mood of anger and told them that he's ecstatic love. So, I mean, ah, there you go. It was easier than you thought. Yeah. It was, thank you, Leela. But yes, he's already in that mood. So, naturally, he's going to, he's going to sing a verse of Lord Srimati Radharani. He's already there. Then he personally explained the verse and thus tasted the sweetness of Krishna. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu continued, My dear friend, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, has a voice as deep as a cloud resounding in the sky. That you will hear or read several places in Bhagavatam. Even when Narayan speaks, it's that same description, as deep as a cloud resounding in the sky. With the tinkling of his ornaments, he attracts the ears of the gopis. And with the sound of his flute, he attracts even the goddess of fortune and other beautiful women. That personality of Godhead, known as everybody, Madanna Mohan, whose joking words carry many indications and deep meanings, is increasing the lusty desires of my ears. <coughs> Purport. This is a verse found in the Govinda Lilamrita. Drakadish, who is the author of Govinda Lilamrita? No. Yes. The same author. He's quoting from his own other book. Krishna's deep voice is more resonant than newly arrived clouds 
and his sweet song defeats even the sweet voice of the cuckoo. Indeed, his song is so sweet that even one particle of its sound can inundate the entire world. If such a particle enters one's ear, one is immediately bereft of all other types of hearing. My dear friend, please tell me what to do. My ears have been plundered by the qualities of Krishna's sound. Now, however, I cannot hear his transcendental sound, and I am almost dead for want of it. The tinkling of Krishna's ankle bells surpasses the songs of even the swan and crane, and the sound of his bangles puts the singing of the chataka bird to shame. Having allowed these sounds to enter the ears even once, one cannot tolerate hearing anything else. Krishna's speech is far sweeter than nectar. Each of his jubilant words is full of meaning, and when his speech mixes with his smile, which is like camphor, the resultant sound and the deep meaning of Krishna's words create various transcendental mellows. One particle of that transcendental blissful nectar is the life and soul of the ear, which is like a chakora bird that lives in hope of tasting that nectar. Sometimes by good fortune the bird can taste it, but at other times he unfortunately cannot and therefore almost dies of thirst. Isn't the Chakor bird is the bird that only drinks the rain water coming? So if there's a drought, that Chakor bird's not going to live. Yes. God's creation has so much variety. So much variety. Mm-hmm. Chandra Chakora. Very good. The transcendental vibration of Krishna's flute disturbs the heart of women all over the world, even if they hear it only once. Thus their fastened belts become loose, and these women become the unpaid maidservants of Krishna. Indeed, they run toward Krishna exactly like mad women. So this is giving you some glimpse of Krishna's meaning, right? What does Krishna's name mean? Oh, so you're getting an idea now, right? Not that, okay, he's all attractive, but we should know how he's all attractive. So now we're getting some very descriptive information how he's attractive. When she hears the vibration of Krishna's flute, even the goddess of fortune comes to him greatly hoping for his association. Wow. Now, is that unchaste of goddess of fortune? I thought she was married to Narayan. So is she acting unchaste? Why? Hmm? Good. What else? <laughs> There's no difference. Not that she's going to some other husband. Narayan and Krishna are one and at the same time different. So there's no break in chastity. It's just like if Lilavati goes to the office to see Dwarkadish, he's not going to dress like this. Okay? But you're the same Dwarkadish. So Narayan is Krishna, but he he's looks different, he's dressed different, the mood is different. But... Narayan in Krishna Loka, he appears as Krishna. So there is no break of chastity. It's the same. But nevertheless, she does not get it. When the waves of thirst for his association increase, she performs austerities 
but still she cannot meet him. Go ahead. Yes. Good. Very good. Only the most fortunate can hear these four nectarian sounds. So here you go. Krishna's words, the tinkling of his ankle bells and bangles, his voice, and the vibration of his flute. So the four things, yes, that you can hear. If one does not hear these sounds, his ears are as useless as small conch shells with holes. Answer your question. Answer your own question. Yes. And how will you hear Krishna's flute? I mentioned this before. Yes. That Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, the flute's there. You go on chanting, go on chanting, one day you'll hear it. So that sound of Krishna's flute, Prabhupada directly writes here in Chaitanya, that sound of Krishna's flute is represented by the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Okay? So keep on chanting. Of course it attracts. But there's other things that attract. Krishna's smell, smiling face. But here are the four sounds that attract. Because he has more attraction than this. He's got his beauty. He's got his strength. Wit. Yeah, he's got everything. All right. Text number 49. While Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu lamented in this way, agitation and ecstasy awoke in his mind, and he became very restless. Many transcendental ecstasies combined in him, including anxiety, lamentation, attention, eagerness, fear, determination, and remembrance. The aggregate of all these ecstasies once awoke a statement by Srimati Radharani in the mind of Bilbamangla Thakur or Lila Shuka. In the same ecstatic mood, Sri Chait hmm? Yeah, same thing. Surdas. In the same ecstatic mood, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu now recited that verse, and on the strength of madness he described its meaning, which is unknown to people in general. Again, the value of parampara. People in general are not going to know, but because we're reading Chaitanya Charitamrita, we're going to get the benefit. We get as if we were personally there. Text 51. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Alas! What shall I do? To whom shall I speak? Let whatever I have done in hopes of meeting Krishna be finished now. Please say something auspicious, but do not speak about Krishna. Alas, Krishna is lying within my heart like Cupid. Therefore, how can I possibly give up talking of him? I cannot forget Krishna, whose smile is sweeter than sweetness itself, and who gives pleasure to my mind and eyes. Alas, my great thirst for Krishna is increasing moment by moment. You may recall when Radharani was having the discussion, the mad talk with the bumblebee. At one point she was telling the bumblebee, let's stop talking about Krishna. But, then, but we can't. That's the problem. It causes us too much pain to talk about Krishna. So let's stop talking. But we can't. Sometimes chutney. It's too hot. And at the same time, it's too sweet. So what are you going to do? It's hot, but it's too sweet. Chutney's like that sometimes. Purport. This statement by Srimati Radharani is quoted from the Krishna Karnamrita. All right, text number 52. Vilva Mangal Thakur, which Lord Chaitanya discovered when he was in South India. He 
got that book and the Brahma Sanhita. And yes, did you go there? I went there. And when I went there, the Pujari showed me the exact spot where Lord Chaitanya found the Brahma Sanhita. In that temple, they have a Mahavishnu deity. Now, normally in South India, when they have a Vishnu deity lying down, facing the deity, the head's on the left. But in this temple, the deity's head's on the right. So, you must go. Kerala. Kerala. No. No. There's a very big uh, Padmanabha temple. I wasn't allowed in. But the Murti family told me there's a deity there with Brahma coming out. And the day that we went was that, what is that first in January? What is the first Sankranti called? It's, huh? Yes. Yes. So we were there on that day. And in this Padmanabha temple, the whole street leading up to the temple, they have lamps. And the outside of the temple, big temple, there's all these lights. And hundreds and hundreds of people lining the streets going to, on that day they go. Yes, it's right near the Adi Keshava. The Adi Keshava temple, not many people go. Where there's other temple, everybody goes. So you must go. Jai. Very good. Yes. Jai. But if you can give me the name of the city, maybe I can find out. I can find out online. Yes. Text number 52. The anxiety caused by separation from Krishna has made me impatient. And I can think of no way to meet him. Oh, my friends, you are also deranged by lamentation. Who, therefore, will tell me how to find him? You know what's amazing? That was three years ago. But if I close my eyes, I can still remember being there. I can still re I remember the temple. I can still remember that incident. That's what's so great about these holy places. They leave. A lasting impression in your mind. It's been three years, but I can still remember. I remember walking down to go to the temple, the Adikeshaba temple. I remember. Very nice. Yes, my favorite pastime. When the guy said, get me green card. No problem. You get me into Jagannath, I'll get you green card. Ha! And the kitri and the rubbery. Yes. And on Christmas Day, what were we doing? Yes. Swimming at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yes. That was the best Christmas. Best Christmas I ever had. And then... When we got to Bombay at night, I remember we were driving and they had a rug in the middle of the street and we went over. Do you remember that? I was thinking, what the hell is it got a rug in the middle of the... And the cars are running over the rug. You remember? Yeah. <laughs> but it was night. It was night. And then I asked you, do they celebrate Christmas in India? I said, oh, yeah, yes, they celebrate Christmas. Suddenly, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became calm and considered his state of mind. He remembered the words of Pingala, and this aroused an ecstasy that moved him to speak. Thus, he explained the meaning of this verse. Purport, Pingala was a prostitute who said, to hope against hope, produces only misery. Utter hopelessness is the greatest happiness. Remembering this statement, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became ecstatic. The story of Pingala is found in Srimad Bhagavatam, 11th canto, 8th chapter, 
verses 22 through 44, as well <coughs> as in the Mahabharata, Shanti Parva, chapter 174. So, this section of the 11th canto is a discussion between King Yadu, the forefather of Krishna, right, the Yadu dynasty, and he met one Avadut. And the Avadut was explaining the 24 gurus. Was it? Yes, that's right, that's Atreya. Right, 24 gurus he was explaining. So in that, he said, yes, one of my gurus is this prostitute. Normally, prostitute is your guru? Yes. And that's the whole thing, because Pingala, no customers that night. So she became disgusted, and she has, has a song where she condemns the whole uh, thing of prostitution. She even goes far as to say, these men that come, they're just useless, worthless, decrepit people. And so, on this night, she becomes completely detached from the whole thing and desire, decides to surrender to Krishna. Because of, and that's where this utter hopelessness, yes, if you Hoping against hope, that keeps you going, right? All right, I've failed, I've failed. That's what Maya does. Maya always gives you another, come on, let's do it again. Let's try. Let's try. All right, you didn't get elected this time. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Right? So, But when you become totally, utter hopeless, now you're relieved. It's great relief. Okay. Let's continue. It's, it's useless. You realize. What's the point? What's the point? Utter hopelessness. In other words, there's no possibility. That's, you have no choice. It's plain. It's obvious. It's gone. Like the people of Enron. They lost everything. It ain't coming back. Right? So, all right. What can you do? Utter hopelessness. But as long as there's a hope. Now, devotees, we have that hope. We don't deserve Krishna. We don't think it's possible. But as Rupa Goswami teaches us, Achabanda. It's one of the nine symptoms of Bhav. Maybe, maybe there's a chance that I'll get Krishna's mercy. So that keeps the devotee hopeful. Whereas if there was no chance to get Krishna, you'd just say, forget it. But as long as there's that hope, maybe in this lifetime, I can get Krishna's mercy. All right. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, If I give up hope of meeting Krishna, I shall then be happy. Therefore, let us stop <coughs> this most unglorious discussion of Krishna it would be better for us to talk of glorious topics and forget him. While speaking in this way, Srimati Radharani suddenly remembered Krishna. Indeed, he appeared within her heart. Greatly astonished, she told her friends, that person I want to forget is lying in my heart. See that? You see how it works? She's come to the conclusion, all right, no more. And then all of a sudden, boom! Ah! drives you mad. You're trying to forget. You've come to, okay, that's it. I'm done. What? He's there. That's Krishna. Just like earlier, when Sanatan Goswami was thinking of committing suicide, by he was going to throw himself under the cart of Jagannath. And Lord Chaitanya could understand so when he came to see Sanatan, he said, you know, you can't get Krishna by committing suicide. It's not so cheap. But then Lord Chaitanya explained, yes, the devotee sometimes feels very, very intense separation. He feels like giving up his life. And just at that moment, Krishna comes and delivers him. That's when Krishna comes. When you're just about... Can't take it anymore. And then Krishna comes and saves the devotee. 
So to get to that stage of intense separation, lalyam, that's what we're, that's what we're striving for, this lalyam, intense greed. Yes, Lala Samai, yeah. That song by Naratam Das. Srimati <coughs> Radharani's ecstasy also made her think of Krishna as Cupid. Yes. The devotee, like in all religions, they have a concept of God. But where is that concept of God as Cupid? Not in Christian religion. Not in Muslim. It's in this religion, where God is conceived of as Cupid. This is revolutionary. What? God is Cupid? Right? In the Bible, he's an old man with a beard. Right? Or he's a burning bush. Right? I will smite thee down. That's in the Bible. I will come with vengeance. That's how God is depicted. Our God? Oh, he's Cupid. What? Yes, Madan Mohan. And this understanding frightened her, she said. This Cupid, who has conquered the whole world and entered my heart, is my greatest enemy, for he does not allow me to forget him. Then great eagerness conquered all the other soldiers of ecstasy, and an uncontrollable desire arose in the kingdom of Srimati Radharani's mind. Greatly unhappy, she gen- chastised her own mind. If I do not think of Krishna, my impoverished mind will die within a moment, like a fish out of water. But when I see Krishna's sweetly smiling face, my mind and eyes are so pleased that my desire for him redoubles. Alas, where is Krishna, the treasure of my life? Where is the lotus-eyed one? Alas, where is the divine ocean of all transcendental qualities? Alas, where is the beautiful blackish youth dressed in yellow garments? Alas, where is the hero of the Rasa dance? Yes. Where shall I go? Where can I find you? Please tell me. I shall go there. Speaking in this way, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu began running. But Sarup Damodar Goswami stood up, caught him, and took him on his lap. Then Sarup Damodar brought him back to his place and made him sit down. So is Sarup Damodar being mean or cruel? Why is he doing that? Yes, also like protection. Because if he goes mad, wild, nobody knows what could happen. Right, he could get hurt. So out of protection, then like, like a parental mood, control. All right. Suddenly, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu returned to external consciousness and said to Swarup Dhamma Swami, My dear Swarup, Please sing some sweet songs. The Lord's ears were satisfied when he heard Swarup Damodar sing songs from the Gita Govinda and those by the poet Vidyapati. <clears throat> Each day and night, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would become deranged in this way and talk like a madman. Even Ananta Dev who possesses thousands of mouths, cannot fully describe the ecstatic transformations that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu experienced in a single day. Yes, exactly. What can a poor creature like me Describe of those transformations. I can give only a hint of them as if showing the moon through the branches of a tree. This analogy, the child cries to have the moon. So the mother 
shows the child. First, she shows the tree. And then through the tree, the child gets some idea of how far away the moon is. Because the child can directly perceive, oh, the tree, right? So the moon is even farther away. So in this way, you get some idea. Text 66. The description, however, will satisfy the mind and ears of anyone who hears it. And he will be able to understand these uncommon activities of deep ecstatic love for Krishna. Ecstatic love for Krishna is wonderfully deep. By personally tasting the glorious sweetness of that love, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showed us its extreme limit. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is wonderfully merciful and wonderfully magnanimous. We have heard of no one else within the world so merciful and charitable. O people of the world, worship the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in all respects. Only in this way will you achieve the nectarian treasure of ecstatic love for Krishna. And this is something your Guru Maharaj points out. That if you want Krishna, you had better worship Lord Chaitanya because you're not going to get him any other way. You have to go through Lord Chaitanya. Doesn't he preach like? Because I know I've heard him. That's one of his themes. You want Radha and Krishna, you had better go through Lord Chaitanya. Otherwise, you're going to be spending lifetimes. But through Lord Chaitanya, easily you'll get Krishna. Easily. Text 70. Thus I have described Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's ecstatic transformation of becoming like a tortoise. In that ecstasy, he talked and acted like a madman. Srila Raghunath Das Goswami has fully described this pastime in his book, Goranga Stava Kalpavriksha. Here's the verse. How wonderful it is. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left his residence without opening these three strongly bolted doors. Thus he crossed over three high walls and later because of strong feelings of separation from Krishna, he fell down amidst the cows of the Talanga district and retracted all the limbs of his body like a tortoise. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who appeared in that way, rises in my heart and maddens me. So he was there, firsthand, live reporting. Right? Otherwise, he was there. Okay, 73, praying at the lotus feet of Sri Rupa and Sri Raghunath, always desiring their mercy. I, Krishna Das, narrate Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita following in their footsteps. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Antilila 17th chapter Describing Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes of retracting his limbs like a tortoise. Very good. And now you have some, something you wanted to speak about? You were going to make a comment. But sit here so that the devotees... I want the devotees to hear and see you. They're not going to hear. Sit here. No, no, no. Sit here. I want them to see you. Come on. Sit. Special nectar addendum by Dwarkadish Das. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Okay? Hare Krishna. The picture will show up soon. Yeah, no problem. There you go. All right. So okay, so uh, we were discussing uh, about... <clears throat> That uh, what was the point? I forgot. Yeah, the husband. Yes. So one time, when Krishna stole all the cow, all the uh, all the cow herds, and 
cowboys and yeah brahma it's a brahma vimana leela thank you leelavati <laughs> that uh, krishna uh, brahma stole all the cow cowboy coward yeah, and then cows you know and then what for one year they he put it in a cave right so at that time uh probably you caught me off guard <laughs> yeah no okay at that time <clears throat> purnamasi purnamasi declared in vrindavan that uh that and then of course krishna krishna took uh, all the coward boys you know krishna came as a coward boy and all the cows right so all the mothers love for their children was it increases right yeah. increased so at that time purnamasi said that <clears throat> there is a, if anybody in that fam, in that in vraja if anybody wants to get married this is a time all the gopis need to get married during this time because after 12 it this new i mean uh, uh, the auspicious month or auspicious moment comes after 12 years so anybody want so you know if you want to get married this is the time to get married otherwise you know the gopis has to wait for another 12 years so gopis has to wait for another 12 years so in other words so then all the all the parents of the gopis you know said okay now let let all the gopis get married to all the coward Now boys boy. coward boys so now as you know the all the coward boys are krishna, krishna. Ah. so within that time you know they all get married to that coward boys because you know brahma took all the yeah. stole the coward boys for one year yeah. so within that one year all the coward boys got married to all the gopis in other words indirectly they got married to krishna so in other in other words you as you were saying that there is nothing there is nothing chastity has been is violated. violated violated you know because it's uh, it's krishna they got married to krishna right. in this guy's form of coward boys very good so that was i wanted to share with you <laughs> hari krishna do you have anything else that you want to share some special nectar yeah this is the special nectar president of govinda kunj <laughs> i am not a president i'm just a humble servant of shri shri radha govind radha govind ji yes now uh, today is a very auspicious auspicious day um, is uh, nirantar prabhu's birthday and uh, his appearance day i would say <laughs> when we glorify krishna and his devotees you know it's krishna is very pleased so i would like to say a few words about a great devotee of lord shri krishna yeah krishna is very pleased when you talk about his devotees <laughs> prabhu and especially prabhu for disciples here yeah. so nirantar prabhu he's been practicing this krishna consciousness and he's been there for last what 35 years prabhu mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> and i know nirantar prabhu since 1994 1994 and then i got lot of inspiration lot of love and lot of guidance and he is our spiritual mentor our spiritual guide and our spiritual shiksha guru um, and he always talk about shri prabhupad and prompt shri prabhupad books so uh, one thing i like about nirantar prabhu he is always on time and if he says he is going to come he is going to come he comes rain or shine day or night he is always there and we really appreciate that <clears throat> second thing a good thing about nirantar prabhu that uh, he is so intelligent that he the, seeing the audience he will he knows that you know dwarkadish and lilavati likes this kind of topic so he will he will make a point that you know to select that kind of topic where we relish yeah captivate the audience and we we relish that you know nice past times so uh, and he any whenever whenever i have any question or any doubts or anything i always ask him prabhu this is what i have a problem you know and he so nicely and very very 
simple way he he uh, solved my questions or resolved my my problem um, i mean he's a great devotee we appreciate that and you know he's a he has so much love for our family including rupal nihar janavi um, and uh, you know and we want him you know i was telling him today that prabhu i am praying to krishna that up to your last breath you will be doing this preaching taking krishna's name and even on the last breath you know you will be thinking about krishna in thinking about shri prabhupad like shri prabhupad did at that very last moment he was translating the book he was thinking about krishna he was talking about krishna he was recording about krishna so uh, we i humbly request everyone on the internet and all uh, nirantar prabhu's uh, congregation that please please pray for him that you know all this his impediments in this spiritual path you know be removed eternally no impediments on his uh, on on his uh, preaching uh, endeavor hari and then yeah wow. yeah and wow. then and then he can hear the krishna's flute as 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 per today's uh, today's and you know four things one is krishna's words krishna's ankle bell and his uh, bracelets uh, krishna's flute and krishna's uh, voice so we pray to and yeah yeah as nihar said that nirantar prabhu is going to write a song about about this particular topic hari krishna all glories to shri prabhupad all glories to all the assembled devotees and all glories to my dear friend his grace nirantar prabhu hari bol shut down all right boys and girls that's it for today hari bol we're going to close out this session i'll see you tonight we have program tonight